plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks, thanks for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, and once again, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at Landon, or not at Landon McCool, at McCoolBTB. <laughs> Landon, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. I'm, I've just finished up with a three-year-old's birthday party, so I will not hold it against you that you screwed up my handle because my brain is <laughs> like gravy as well. But we're going to get through this. we got a lot of football to talk about and some exciting stuff and some not-so-exciting stuff, but... Lots of fun stuff. We're still in preseason form. Once we hit the regular season, we'll be That's right. We're we're working into shape. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So today I have five players that I want to talk about. Um, Let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott. Once again, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, He had a little bit more pressure on him this week. I I thought his best play of the game uh, was on a pass to Zeke where Reggie Nelson blitzed him off the side. I don't know how he felt the pressure. I was able to dump it back off to Zeke. Um, he had a nice bomb to Terrence Williams that got called back because of a penalty. I thought he looked great. Uh, last week we talked about him looking fantastic, but it was against the Colts. This week against the Raiders, I thought he looked. Uh, I mean, I thought he looked amazing as well. Um, what did you see from Dak? Are you worried about him at all going into the season? Uh, do you think he's going to have a sophomore slump or? Are we should we just get used to him being this solid each and every week? Oh no, I mean I, I'm I'm at the point now where I mean Zach is the thing that like gives me confidence about this team. You know, I mean it's it's gotten to the point where it's not like you know is Zach good enough to carry the pieces around this team to where they should be going? I mean Zach will be the reason I think we're going to get wherever we're going. At the, I mean I, I think it's changed that dramatically. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think what we've seen is is he he started you know turning things that were and this is a, this is a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, but it never really happens. But it seems like he started to turn a strength into a weakness into a strength with uh you know his his uh, middle of the field passing. I, and and I started I think now that I've started to see like a more of a larger sample size of passes this season, I think I can kind of better articulate what I think is, is going on. And, and, and what it is that he's he's throwing the ball with better velocity in the yes. middle of the field, but he's also like controlling the arc in a lot of ways better. And he's not pushing the ball, like he's slinging the ball. And and, and, and like, you know, the, I think that, you know, I think his best play to me was the pass to Witten where he, I mean, it was the downfield kind of, I think it was sort of a in seam. Mm-hmm. It was a seam route where he kind of just leaned in, not not the touchdown, but but the other one that was deeper down the field. Where, I mean, he perfectly topped it over the top of the linebackers and then got it down enough so that it wouldn't sail a uh, pass win to the safeties. I mean, that's a that's a really really difficult throw to make, especially uh, on first you know, and nineteen. Kind of, that was that was after one of the Lyle Collins yeah, penalties. That's they, right. They were backed yeah. up inside their own ten, and I mean, I agree that was a fantastic ball. Keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. 
That was a that was no 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 thank you because I mean I, I had forgotten that part but you're absolutely right I mean that's I mean that's it's just to fit it in there like that on on you know they're backed up that things were not looking great I mean the thing is is that his his throwing has gotten I mean just I hate to put it in such a like a you know very generic term but the way he throws the ball has gotten better and um, you know I mean and ultimately I think. That's kind of what was the the only downside to Dak Prescott coming out of out of school was is you know he he wasn't necessarily uh the most natural greatest refined thrower of the football from from uh you know from any you know platform or from any place and and now I mean you pointed out that play that he swung that he kind of just from a, a weird platform kind of swung the ball out to Zeke in the flat I mean I've seen it all over the place but 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 and beyond the fact that he's able to kind of do that multi-platform delivery when he's able to throw from the pocket now it's different Mm -hmm. and and i think that's really where it's valuable is that you know it's not just that he's having time in the pocket i mean he had time in the pocket a lot last year and he couldn't necessarily make some of these pinpoint throws you know in very tight windows and again with you know you'd see them throw those balls and they kind of have this uh, you know, almost deep ball arch to them, you know, and it would, it would, it, it, and sometimes receivers end up having to wait for them. They're not waiting for anything anymore. That ball's getting on them. Even the Terrence Williams throw that you're talking about, that thing was a dart. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and a lot of those throws, like, were, were just, are just on the money and, and with, with really uh, low arc and, and really good velocity. And I, and I, I just, I'm really excited with where he is as a quarterback. And I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a really underrated. Uh, as, uh, somehow, I really don't know how, but somehow it's, it, it feels like a very underreported story of, of just just how good he's looked, especially considering, like, we, like we've mentioned a lot, his M.O. has always been a, to be a bad practice player. That is not at all what's been going on, and it certainly hasn't been going on in, in these preseason games. Yeah, so the one thing that I, I've been noticing, I've been watching a lot of these preseason games just to, I mean, I'm a football junkie. So I'm watching a lot of these young quarterbacks like Mariota and Jameis Winston, Tampa Bay, and even Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. You just see their accuracy just kind of disappears from time to time. I don't worry about Prescott's accuracy at all. If a guy is open, he's going to get it to him. Yeah. And it, that's just kind of incredible thinking back to, man, I remember watching him back at Mississippi State. I mean, his accuracy was all over the place at times, and now it might be his biggest strength is if a guy is open, I have no doubt that he's going to get it to the receiver. So just to kind of tie a bow on Prescott real quick, he was 11 of 14 passing, 113 yards, one touchdown, pass rating of 124. Through two games, his pass rating is 154.5. So I think he's having a pretty good preseason so far. Um yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to point out real quick, real quick that, that there was one play that I think some people said they got overthrown. At. I, I I don't I didn't really get get to I, I I watched the game afterwards, and I don't know that I got all the the commentary from the game. It was kind of cutting in and out, and on a kind of a weird feed. But I, I, they didn't call a pass interference on what was the most insanely blatant <laughs> defensive pass interference uh, play on yep. Dez where the guy basically tackled and grabbed Dez's arm d- diving. But uh, you know, some people were suggesting from what I think I heard is that Dak overthrew that, but Dak did not overthrow that. That was perfectly thrown. Uh, and Dez would have gotten there if he had not been pass interfered against. But but I, I want to point it. The reason I wanted to bring it up is because 
one of the other things that was really like you know brought up a lot was that Dak can't throw the ball deep. I mean, if anyone saw what he did on that play, like he was, I'm pretty sure on the opposite hash, uh, and basically just flicked his wrist, and that ball went basically 55 yards the other side of the field, you know, in stride with where the wide receiver would have been if he hadn't been interfered. I mean, he's he really is very very impressive, and and I I think he's going to be. Not just a you know a good rookie quarterback, but one of the yeah, other quarterbacks. He, he's special. League, There's you know? no doubt in my mind he's special. And I mean, I've said it over and over again. I was a critic of him early in the season last year, but no, I I am now com- fully convinced that this is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a long, long time. Let's move on to Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys only planned on playing him ten to twelve snaps. He got ten snaps, and on those ten snaps, he racked up eight touches. Uh, I thought he played better than what the stat line says. He ended up with 18 yards rushing on six carries. Um, The one thing that jumps out with me is just his quickness and his ability to really get low. Uh, Compared to Darren McFadden, who runs so upright, and then Alfred Morris, who just kind of lacks that juice in his leg, Zeke just kind of looks like a missile flying into the back of the – or into the back of his offense alignment sometimes. It kind of reminds me of Marion Barber back in – like 2006, when he would just get so low that it was hard to ever tackle him. But uh, we won't see Zeke probably for probably until what late October. Um, so it was nice to at least see him back into the game. I thought he was okay. He had, the, I think, he had two one-handed catches. Uh, what did you see from Zeke? I know you didn't get to see very much of him, but what did you see in the limited snaps that we saw? Yeah, I mean Zeke's still Zeke. You know, I mean he he has been. I mean, again, it's insane that this is true, but, you know, another thing that kind of feels like it's been underreported is how great Zeke has been at camp. You know I mean? He's looked fantastic, and, and especially since, I think, you know, we didn't get to see him almost at all last year in camp. So uh, I, it really is shocking to me, and I guess I understand because there's so many other, you know, salivating, sal- salivating worthy uh, of, you know, headlines for i guess people to cover but you know these guys have both of them have looked fantastic um and and you and you kind of saw a glimpse of that and i agree when i saw when that stat line flashed across the screen it did make like, sense i had to rewind to make sure i didn't miss like so i didn't i had to make sure i rewind it didn't miss like some sort of 18 yard loss <laughs> or something because i was like how is he how is he averaging three yards a carry and i feel like i haven't seen a carry of less than right. five yards right. yet you know it's like I don't know. Anyways, but um, yeah, I, I think we saw what we needed from from him. I had no doubts that he was still going to be an elite guy as soon as he got the ball. Honestly, I have no doubts that when he gets the ball, like I just don't think he's a guy that needs. He's such a natural football player. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that a lot of people try to make some athletes into uh, you know football players, and like you know those people struggle to kind of get into game shape and blah, blah, blah. but there are some people that like I swear like they could just come off their couch at any time at 45 years old and just be football players and I feel like Zeke is, is that is one of those guys like yeah he's a sprinter yeah he's a hurdler and all that stuff like but 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 primarily this dude's a football player and and, and it's not shocking to me that he came in and was looked like he did and despite whatever 
crazy math was going on in the in the statistics. <laughs> I still don't understand how that. I, I need to go back and chart it. But uh, I, I thought he looked great. And, you know, it's not surprising. You know, we'll see him when we see him. I, I you know, I, I again, I'm not completely consigned over to the idea that we, it's going to be six weeks or that we won't maybe see him for a couple of weeks and then see a uh, suspension. But either way, I know some people didn't want to get him work, but I thought it was important that he got in there and, and he looked good to me. Did you see the little argument that he got in with uh, Scott Lenahan on the sideline? Did you happen to see that on your stream or was it cutting out? No, I mean, I didn't have any problems with the video. It was just audio that was cutting out, but I didn't so, necessarily catch that. So this one is great. So he's clearly campaigning to Jason Garrett and uh, Scott Linehan to go back into the game in the second drive because that's just what kind of competitor he is. He, he, he wants to touch the ball 30 times in a preseason yeah. game, and that's what makes him so special is that I I don't think it's this comp- – I don't think it's a thing that he can turn on and off. I think he's just always as competitive and um, – I think you can really tell when he's out of the game that they, the offense, while it's still good, it, it definitely lacks a a toughness about them that Zeke brings on the field. And I think more than well, more than yeah, the production, it's a different yeah, offense. Oh, absolutely, and more than just the production on the field, I think they're going to miss that toughness of, hey, we're going to run the ball down your throats, and there's nothing you can do about it. And we'll see if Morris or McFadden can replace that, but I highly doubt it. Well, I mean, it's just you—you you have to go about it different ways. I mean, I think that's that's what we're—you know—we'll get into a larger conversation about this at some point. But you know, uh, to me, it's—it's it's just not as simple as I think you can achieve similar things, but it's just not as simple as putting number twenty-one on the field and giving him the ball like it was when you had Zeke. You know, now it's—I think you have to get more complicated with the—you uh, know—how you scheme these player teams and I think you know uh, you know being really disciplined with formation and, and attacking people using formation and uh, you know, mismatches in both the pass and the running game like that's really going to be a lot more key because instead of just you know saying hey we got Zeke in this offensive line we're running down your throat whether you like it or not like that that's just not something we're going to have for a few weeks I think we're just going to need to be a little bit more savvy this team's going to rely a little bit more on its coaching staff and its play caller it's going to rely on its personnel groupings to be a little bit more uh, varied you know in order to kind of keep defenses uh, off kilter and i think there's ways to get around it but you're right i mean the the day of uh the days of just putting 21 out there and giving him the ball and that being you know the solution to our defense our identity and you know a lot of other ills that that has to wait for a couple weeks. All right, let's pause so I can tell you guys about SeatGeek. Buying buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in, in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Landon, you need to use SeatGeek to go watch those Charger games, right? Probably not too far away from you, right? <laughs> this could be a hot man with those with those tiny tiny t- tiny stadiums. It'd be fantastic to see the Chargers. Like it'd be like watching a high school game. <laughs> Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, real quick, we're not going to spend too much time on him, but I just wanted to talk about Jason Witten really quick. Um, 
I think he looks much better than he has in the last the last few years. I don't know if this is if the extra rest and practice is paying off, but through basically three quarters, he has almost a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Um, quickly, thirty seconds on Jason Witten. What did you see? Well, I think what it is is that his skill set. Now that the offense has kind of shifted back to uh, what Dak wants to do, I think now that we're going to use more RPO stuff, like we saw with the touchdown, I think, you know, I, I think that his skill set suddenly becomes a lot more viable for a guy like Dak, and especially when you are trying to marry uh, a passing game to a run game, um, the way that the Cowboys are, maybe even more so than the way Tony was using him. So, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised for his his catch catch number to actually go up a little bit, um, just because I feel like the nature of how play calling is going to be, and especially I think you know he's going to get more touches with Zeke on because I think the short passing game is going to be a big part of what's going to have to take the place of Zeke uh, on first and second down. And um and I think that he's all right. Be a big it's time to argue a little bit. We haven't argued too much on this show, so it, it's time to get into it. Let's talk. Let's talk about the offensive Good. line a little bit. Let, let's go ahead and start with Lyle Collins. Uh, I saw a tweet from you uh, okay. that was a fire emoji. It was hot. Uh, you didn't think that Lyle Collins played very. It really, okay. it really was not. Go ahead. You get, really get in right. Not I'm not even going to set you up. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts on Lyle. Well, I mean, first of all, the tweet was 71 is officially a concern. And and, and everyone kind of went nuts, like, like A, concerns can't be alleviated. <laughs> and, and B, you know, that, that, uh, that the idea that a guy who struggles with hand placement getting two uh, hands-to-the-face penalties against not, you know, Khalil Mack, let's, let's get that part for, out first. Uh, you know, is it a little bit concerning after you know playing the the most snaps he's played in a row after a while? And I, I mean, I, I think it's a concern. I don't think it's you know, we didn't hit the iceberg and we're not you know playing the last tune on the Titanic. I mean, I you know, it's like it, it's a it's it's a concern like that he isn't quite that where where he needs to be. And we've got two weeks left, uh, and, and this isn't like you know, this wasn't like a uh, a. Uh, it, look, he looks great in a lot of ways. He looks fantastic in the run game, and he looks good in, in general in a lot of ways. But but him losing technique late, you know, because he's tired, uh, you know, is you know, and getting high and you know, getting penalty worthy sort of actions is that, that's a that's a little bit of a concern. He, we need to make sure he clean cleans it up. And it's not about like you know, getting coordinated with another player. It, this is about his technique that he needs to make sure he is you know, sort of kind of locking it down and, and getting it uh, secured because he's going to be playing, you know, four quarters pretty soon, and it's going to matter if he's tired. Yeah, so handle. during your little monologue right there, I just tweeted out, Landon hates Lyle Collins because it's true. Um, I thought he <laughs> – I thought he – Oh, my God. It's <laughs> I ridiculous. thought he played well. Uh, I, I don't care about the penalties too much because I thought – especially the two hands of the face. I, I just ca- kind of thought they were ticky-tacky. Uh, um, he got – he got, First, he they got not close to the throat. The, the Raider guys never buckle their face masks or helmets. He got, he got, Go ahead. he got, let me tell you something. He got, he got, he got his hand on his throat and the play before the first hands of the face that didn't get called was even worse than that. So it wasn't, it wasn't just like, it wasn't like it was, 
just those two times, and they were both BS. They were both he he did it like he did it. He just and he got called for it, and it's and it's not like it's not correctable. It's certainly correctable. I I'm just concerned about like how and, and you know and everyone's just like, well, it's Khalil Mack. I mean, no, you know, no one's. I mean, we've got J, J, JPP in two weeks, and JPP is a very very good left defensive end. And then the following week, we've got Von Miller. So uh, the, the point is, is that it. It needs to get corrected soon, and we don't have a lot of time for this kind of, you know, thing, which is a tough thing to simulate outside of a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a tough thing to simulate being fatigued, game fatigued, uh, and, and, and maintaining technique. Like, so uh, it's just something that is a concern. I don't think we've cut <laughs> yeah. it yet. Well, yet. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Just, for, you know, it's, go, it's, he, just, he just needs All right, for up. me, That's though, I, I guess I'm looking at this a little bit more long-term than you are. So – Maybe he's not perfect for week one against Jason Pierre-Paul. But for me, I didn't see him get beat by speed. I didn't see him get beat by power. I didn't see you know somebody forklifting him up into the quarterback. And I just feel like that you know that his right hand placement of you know is it in the neck? Is it in the helmet? Is it in the chest? That can be cleaned up. I I'm more worried huh. about. Well, so that, well, well, then you hate Lale because really, what it is. I loved Lale enough that my expectations were so high that little things like hand placement were important to me. But you, no, no, it was no. such a disaster that what he no, did was no. so great that it was it cleared your, your so low bar of Lale Collins. Guys, Marcus <laughs> Listen, clearly hates he, Lale Collins. He did I not give up. He, he did not. Minutes, I don't think folks. Cleo Mack got a pressure on Prescott. I don't care how you get it done as long as you quit. I didn't expect the oh pressure. My I didn't expect the pressure. As long as pre- <laughs> I wasn't expecting a pressure. Listen, I knew he was going to. As pressure. long as he's not letting Khalil Mack get to the quarterback, I can deal with a couple penalties throughout the game. I- I'm more in this Eric Flowers <laughs> method of teaching my offensive alignment. No. Don't get my quarterback killed, and we'll survive everything else. So, I thought he was good. I- I'm not worried about him long term. The guy that I am a little bit worried about—that's a segue—is Chaz Green. He just cannot. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Well I'm done. still well getting done. used to this. Uh, it, Chaz Green left the game with a minor ankle injury. Um, <laughs> I think there's two parts here. You can either look at this as, you know, it's it's a minor injury. He should be able to get back on the field soon. I'm more worried about his ability to play through nicks and bumps and sprains because he just hasn't proved that he can be a reliable offense lineman in this league. And, you know, we said last week, I don't think the Cowboys are going to go with talent at left guard. I think they're going to go with a player that's the most reliable. And right now that's Jonathan Cooper. How much of Chaz Green did you get to watch? What do you think? I thought that Chaz Green looked good. I mean, what he was playing, I mean, reasonably well. I think there was a a miscommunication between him and Frederick on on a twist that kind of ended up in a sack on a third down play, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and actually, it may not have been a sack, but it got is it at least a pressure. But I, and I'm going to give Frederick the <laughs> benefit of the doubt that it was not him. Um, so I, that probably was Green. Um, but uh, you know, and look, I, I I've been saying it too. Like I totally understand the reasoning of of uh, of, of of you know wanting to give Green some snaps at left guard. Um, but I also really really understand the reasoning that Cooper should end up being the starting left guard and how much roster sense that makes. And look, they, they went through the re- just rehearsal game. It seems to have solved itself. Like clearly that they, you know, it's Cooper that is the more reliable of the two to be on the field. Um, and I, I, you know, look, I think that 
I tend to disagree. I mean, I don't disagree with the Nick. I think, I think Chaz Green is getting knocked for some things that, like you know, like this whole shoulder stuff. Like, I think he could have played through that if sure. that was during the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was muscle soreness in his shoulder. This ankle injury, I actually you 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 updated me on this because I actually hadn't heard what the update was, so it doesn't sound like it's a serious thing. Yeah, it sounds like maybe it's, like a week or two or something. It, it sounds like a know. very minor ankle sprain that he just kind of roll it to the outside. Probably very similar to a basketball sprain. Um, I, I would say if it was any other offensive lineman yeah. on the team, so low, I was going to say if it was any low. other offensive lineman on the team, they probably would have taped it back up and would have been out there uh, on the next series. But with Chaz Green, you just never know. Okay, well, so then I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point he's yeah. your swing swing tackle, and that's fine because he's way more talented talent wise than probably any swing ta- other swing tackle in the league or close to, or uh, um, maybe, maybe the guy up in in Washington, he, yeah, they got Nitschke or whatever. He was really good, but but uh, but uh, you know those. I think he's talent wise, he's as good as any swing tackle in the league. Obviously, his issue is staying healthy, and if the you can seems like you can probably solve that pretty quickly by just not playing him unless you absolutely have to. So it's like Schrodinger's backup tackle. He's he's your he's a great backup tackle until you actually look at him and, and know that you need a backup tackle. Then he gets hurt and you gotta find a different backup tackle probably. But uh no, I think you know, look, I think it you know, it worked itself out. It makes sense to do it this way. I think in a perfect world where all players were healthy, if you you know, if you turn if you go to Madden and you turn the injuries off yeah, you know, I think I think without a doubt, I'd love I'd rather have Chaz Green in there at left guard because I think he would develop into a better player. But we can't do that. So I mean, in, in availability is obviously a big part of that. And I think doing it this way makes just you know it solves all. All right, problems. last one. And to me, this is the most surprising story out of Cowboys camp this year, and it's Cooper Rush uh, heading into OTAs, mini camps, training camp. I, I think it was pretty much assumed that the Cowboys would probably just keep two quarterbacks on the roster, but after after preseason so far, Jerry Jones has already said that Cooper Rush is going to be on the 53-man roster. I, I doubted whether he would be able to slide up to be the number two quarterback, but after his performance on Saturday night, I'm thinking it's there's a legit chance that I think Rush could beat out Kellen Moore, and maybe they decide to keep Moore as a third, maybe they decide to cut him. I was not thinking this a week ago. I think it's a possibility now. Uh, Rush has completed 32 of his last 36 passes, which is unheard of. Um, he obviously has a little something to his game. It seems like the more they put on his plate, the better he plays. What did you see from Cooper Rush? Well, I think that, you know, I mean, look, I quarterback is without a doubt my my least favorite position to scout because it's it's insanely difficult. There's just so many variables and but but when when we sign Cooper Rush, to me like I mean you read his bio, you look at his tape, to me this guy reads like a career NFL backup quarterback. Now, whether that's, you know, next his first year in the league or a couple of years down the road, I mean, I think that's his ceiling and his floor. We talked about that. And you know, I he clearly has shown he I, he's looked to me better in these pre, in these preseason games than he than his tape shows in college at least in my to my eyes, um, and and to me I, I you know I'm of the belief that uh you know if you don't have your starting quarterback then you don't you don't have a quarterback you know I so I don't I I, don't, I just like 
there's a certain amount of there's like to me the quarterback two job like and I understand the whole idea of having a uh, you know a voice there and all this but I think that there's so many different voices there that like I I think whether or not Kellen Moore is there with a cap on or with a uniform on is inconsequential but I think that the real important thing the variable that can't be you know just kind of pushed aside is what happens if something happens to Dak in a game. And the quarterback needs to finish a game, a tight game. You know, can he can he kind of main, come in and maintain the the offense that the quarterback that started the game, uh, you know, had been you know keeping up this whole time? Can he kind of not be the person to lose the game essentially yes. as the quarterback? And and I think that's you know where we don't we don't really we don't really know with Cooper Rush. But I think my argument is that I don't know that answer with right. Kellen Moore either. And so why why are we wasting our time if if Kel, if 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 the distance there is you know you know me holding my fingers like like with the inch symbol like if the, if there's that much daylight between my faith in what Kellen Moore can do stepping into the middle of a game versus my faith in what Cooper Rush can do stepping into an offense in the middle of the game because he, just because he's never done it before and Kellen Moore may or may not have done it and it's just you know. I mean, he's been in the league for what I don't even know, like six years now, and he's played in like mm-hmm. four games. Like that's there's a reason for that, you know. And so I think that if, if the difference is going to be so minimal like that, I'd rather bite the bullet, save the roster spot, and uh, develop a young guy who I think has a future in this league as a promising backup and maybe more. I I don't know, but to me, I think at the very least he he could be a very long-term backup for you. The thing with Rush that I like right now is I'm not sure what his ceiling is. I I think we um, – well, actually, I don't think we know. I, we know what Kellen Moore is in the NFL, and that's a fringe backup. Uh, maybe Cooper Rush could develop into you know a low-end starter in the NFL. I, we just don't know because as of right now, the more he plays, it's clear that he's getting better every single game, and that's why I'm going to be curious to see how much they play him on Thursday. I really don't think there's a reason not to have him take every single snap in that game because he needs as much playing time as possible. I've been impressed. Uh, I'm going to be looking forward to watching him uh, this Thursday night. That's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys, at Marcus underscore Mosier, and at McCoolBTB. Tomorrow we'll be previewing the team's defense versus the Raiders. Thanks for tuning in. See you back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.